You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for the most average podcast ever. (laughs) It's Zach. The crowd is really excited today. They know what's at stake here. Yep, getting their home team into the NBA. And the news. Now I'm talking about free corn dogs. Oh, that's right. It's free corn dog night. <laughs> All right, folks, back here, Zach and the Nose podcast. We're talking fantasy football. We're talking life. We're talking just about everything here. My partner in crime is sitting next to me, but first let me give out what volume it is this week. It's volume 31, the Cornbread Maxwell edition. <laughs> of the Zach and the Nose podcast. I know the guy sitting uh, across the table from me is a huge Celtics guy, and Cornbread Maxwell is one of my favorites. Cedric Maxwell, one of my favorites of all time. Not just basketball, but radio. He's a radio icon in my mind as well. He's smiling. He's next to me. You follow him on Twitter, and if you're not yet, shame on you. At Spencer Nose, N-O-S-E. My man, the Nose, sitting here. Welcome to the podcast, I can't believe that with Cedric Maxwell. That is so ironic because... I am the biggest Boston Celtics right, fan right. you know, and my number 31 is Kurt Rambis wow. of the Lakers. Wow, wow. There were a lot to choose from uh, this week uh, for 31, but the minute I saw that, it was over. We just I, we just went with rivals, and we didn't even know it. Right, exactly. Right. And I went with your team. we do not discuss it. I should have been Rambis. You should have been Cedric Maxwell, but, the way that went. But, of course, that's uh, that's what happens. Rambis was too cool. I don't even care if I right. hit I mean, he was just too cool. I loved him in time. the old school Lakers versus Celtics video game on, Se- on Sega Genesis. Like, he was still on that back in That the guy day. doesn't sniff an right. NBA. NBA court in this era right no now. That's even like, are you right, right, right. Are you, he got clotheslined. Come on. That's all right. Anyways, we'll get into everything. But before we start with all of our fantasy football nonsense for you and getting you prepped, because by the way, we are one week away basically from the start of the NFL season. Uh, it starts on Thursday night. It's Bears and Packers. It's the nose pick of the year debuting in that game. Yikes. Aaron Jones will be in there. You're going to have Aaron Rodgers. You're going to have Mitch Trubisky. You're going to have a bunch of good players in that game. Bears defense. Allen like, Robinson's my guy. Allen Robinson. Devontae Adams. Like We're talking about a fantasy awesome fantasy game to start the season, but there are, if you're now about to draft, you've done it right. Nose has told you the whole time, do not draft before uh, the end of that third preseason game. Now we're going into the fourth preseason game, so this is perfect. I, exact, exactly, because Look what happened, and we're going to obviously jump into the Andrew Luck situation. Wow, yes. But, you know, so, uh, how many millions of people drafted Andrew Luck? And it's not just Andrew Luck. Now it affects T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack. So, and O.J. Simpson. Man, I've been preaching it on... <laughs> I've been preaching it for a very long time. Do not draft before... Basically, the, you know, Tuesday of next week. Right. But if you have to... Just make it as close as possible to Thursday because there's no reason for your fantasy team to get screwed so early. And my God, people got screwed. If you took luck early, we'll get into that in a second. First, I got to start with this story because I go to Nose's house a couple times a week, hang out, see, talk fantasy football, get away from everything, whatever it is. We got kids. We, you know, the whole day. I love seeing Nose's kids. The Nose children are great. Uh, even Mama knows when I get to see her every once in a while. But I had walked into Nose's house last week 
And uh, there was a gentleman there. I won't mention any names of who the gentleman was. But the gentleman said hello to me, and we talked. He listens to the podcast, big fantasy football guy. Then I realized that there's a consulting job going on here that knows this in full consultant mode. Didn't have much time for me at all because they were going over draft prep. I saw an exchange of money for consultation fees. This was probably one of the coolest scenes I've ever seen. And Nose was there, helped this guy win the championship in his big, big league as he does plenty of people. And if you've used Nose before on Twitter or have seen him in public, whatever the case is, he gives you advice. This is this is what he does. He helps you win championships. That's the Nose. He's our fantasy expert here. But you got to just set the stage a little bit for what this was like because this was probably one of the coolest things I've seen. I've heard about it before, about people helping or consulting. My man handed you a, a bunch of money, said thank you very much, and I'm just guessing that that bunch of money wasn't even close to what this guy actually won. This is more of just a, hey, thanks, here's your percentage. But, wow, I was truly impressed. Yes, yeah, so what this is what I do. I know that um, I do this podcast with you, and we've been doing fantasy together for all these years. But, yes, I have a what's called a minor consulting gig where for people who love – football who don't know football that well who want to be in leagues with their friends and talk trash they bring me on for help and you know i don't pay for the league per se and uh, anything that is earned i make 50 percent on and i happen to win back-to-back leagues for that gentleman so listen handed you cash straight cash homie it was a nice chunk of cash right, yeah right. no one dollar bills in that pile no no there was quite a few benjamins and right. uh it was pretty cool that you were able to see that because no one really sees what i do but i have quite a few people that i do that with it is uh my pleasure and yes we were literally sitting in a, in a round table i had all my eating notes, lunch had my notes out right literally gave this guy tears i gave him every strategy you need to succeed and his draft uh, went ridiculously well for him, and uh, here we are now. So I'm just saying, listen up. Hopefully, uh, I could help you guys out too. That's my uh, my goal. I love doing this stuff. All right, so we're we're gonna have these drafts or everyone's drafts in the next couple of days, right before the season starts, whatever the case may be. Whenever it is, Tuesday or Wednesday night, ideally, if that's what you have. My other one is Tuesday night, so that's when it's perfect for me. Um, but in the last week since our last podcast, since volume 30 of Zach and the Nose podcast, uh, have you seen anything trending when it comes to the drafts? Obviously, I'm going to guess your number one trending thing is the quarterback position because one of the top flight guys retired, not is injured, not is going to miss a couple games or suspended for PEDs or, or smacking somebody, legitimately has retired Andrew Luck. What have you seen differently? Just start with the quarterback position. We'll go through all of them. We'll spend the majority of this podcast today in full prep mode before next week's podcast when we will get into the nitty-gritty and your live uh, uh, appearance on the Joe Rose Show will probably start next week as well as we get everyone prepared for the first week of the NFL season. But in the last week, last seven days since our last podcast, quarterback position, start with Andrew Luck, obviously, but what else have you seen trending in that quarterback spot? Well, if you drafted Andrew Luck, that's really, really uh, a horrible thing. I hope, Terrible. Yeah, and, and if you have a, a league that doesn't allow pickups until the start of the season, hopefully you drafted a backup, or hopefully you have a commissioner of the league who will do the right thing and allow you to pick up a player. Uh, so, yes, this is a big deal. Andrew Luck is now out of the NFL. I had him ranked as my number three quarterback as long as he was healthy, but clearly a lot of things have changed. Uh, what it really affects is, and we'll get into it in a minute, is the player, are the players around him. Uh, the Marlon Mack, the T.Y. Hiltons of the world, you know, they have a few decent um, tight ends in Ebron and Doyle. Yeah, those guys all take a small notch down. 
But let's talk fantasy. Let's talk right now. So the quarterback situation, yeah, don't draft Andrew Luck, obviously. Right, okay. but, but here's I could have given that advice. You're right. Right. But here's where we're going. <laughs> Someone does. God bless them. Right. So the trend is I, I've been saying, please wait until the seventh round until you pick your quarterback. That's what I've been saying in a standard one quarterback league. And again, you guys could tweet at me any t- you know, anytime telling me your specific format. It's very difficult for here to give advice when there's two quarterback leagues, when there's three wide receiver sets and then two flex positions. So yes, it's very hard for me to give individual help. That's why I do consulting. But as a general statement, if you have a one quarterback league, I almost now I'm saying wait until either the eighth or the ninth rounds to take a quarterback because, oh my God, the trends are no one's taking quarterbacks early. So people are listening or it's a very obvious strategy. What's most surprising to me is that I thought people would be taking Patrick Mahomes in the first, late first, early second round because of obviously the the year he had last year. 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns will do that. It hasn't really happened. I've been in multiple drafts since I lasted our last podcast, and he is on average going at the middle or the end of the third round. Where, I got to be honest with you, it is not my strategy to take him, but if he slips into your fourth round, yeah, take him. And then adjust. What about third round? What if, what, if, what, if, what if you have a middle pick in that in that third round um, and, and possible one of those stud wide receivers are not there? Obviously, by then, I'm guessing all the stud running backs, the really top-tier guys, are all gone off the board by then. If it's picking a guy that's kind of a second-tier or third-tier wide receiver or second or third-tier, and, and Kelsey's off the board and Ertz is off the board and maybe Kittle's off the board by then, but it's still in the third round. Do you take a shot there? It depends on who my first two players were. Okay. It really does. Like, if I started out with know, a, a Kamara type, for example, you got a top three pick, and then you were able to get a stud wide receiver. It all depends on the players that are left on the board. I'm not taking Patrick Mahomes over um, Chris Carson and or Aaron Jones, for example. Okay. So, the nose pick of the year. That is yeah. correct. So, I... I still lean towards not taking Mahomes, but if it's on the back end of your third and you have a fourth-round draft pick coming up right after that, I am saying, sure, go for it, but just be very, very disciplined to make sure that your next three picks are running backs and wide receivers, and in that situation, you're waiting on your tight end and taking a Vance McDonald or a Darren Waller or a Delaney Walker much later on. You're punting that tight end position, but I still like those players that I just mentioned. Can you take Mahomes in the late third, early fourth? Absolutely. He is the only quarterback, though. Deshaun Watson, maybe he's the next guy on the board? Right. No, I wait. But Mahomes is that special of a player that if you could get him late in the third, early fourth, because so people are so you know are holding so strong to that waiting on quarterback, I'm the type of person that, of course, I'm going to assess the board. I'm going to see what players are still out there. I might take my chance on him there. And what about a guy, uh, you know, there's another quarterback out there that not necessarily, a couple of years ago was a top five quarterback take, Cam Newton, and now he's a little banged up. You don't know exactly where, you know, what's going to happen with him. Uh, if he's healthy, he's always good because he'll score some rushing touchdowns for you. He'll throw a couple also. He's got McCaffrey, so you know he's got a weapon here and there. DJ Moore, there are some weapons on that team, um, but Cam's not always healthy, and that's what you have to really worry about with him. It's not necessarily... He can't pass the ball downfield, or he doesn't have a weapon on the team. Uh, we said it a couple of years ago, even with really very rare and no weapons, he was one of the top quarterbacks in the league. But banged up a little bit, where does Cam Newton on the, the nose board? He's off my board. How about that? Okay. He's off my board. He's already got the foot problem. 
I just don't love his attitude, which I do believe reflects how he plays on the field sometimes. And overall, that guy is a weapon when he's using his legs. That's when he when he's scoring the one yard touchdown because no one could stop him. I just believe that he's going to be a lot less mobile. And for that reason, he becomes a very undesirable quarterback. Right, right. He's not a quarterback that no. every week is going for 320 and three touchdowns. He's more of a guy that if you get 200 yards passing out of him, 70 yards rushing, 65 yards rushing, you get one touchdown thrown, one touchdown rushed in. That's a good game for him. That's not Mahomes. Mahomes is a 330 guy with four touchdowns. You're not expecting that from Cam, but you are expecting the 60 rushing yards, the 45 rushing yards, and maybe one of those goal line little dumps where he gets that one-yard touchdown. i rather just take Kyler Murray. If you're going a guy that's going to be using his legs and trying to score touchdowns right, with his right. legs and throw, it's just a it's just a younger version. Obviously, a very different kind of player. Don't get me wrong, but um, overall, Cam Newton is on my do not draft list. Really? That's my computer going off. By the way, if you, do you hear that? What are we I'm listening sure to? I don't know. Something just went off on my computer. Not porn, so we're we're still safe there. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Thank, thank so God. yeah, I, I was trying to think of other quarterbacks. I got that you. Scare me. That the first two, obviously, Andrew Luck, the obvious choice because if you drafted already and got him, you're screwed uh, because you probably use a top five pick on him, top five rounds. And then Cam Newton's the other guy that scares me. What else, trending wise, either scares you or you see her making the jump? I love the Kyler Murray thing there because you don't know what to expect from him. And if you are going to take a shot, you might as well take a shot on a guy that has a David Johnson in the backfield. You don't know what you're getting from Kingsbury's offense at all. And maybe he has an awesome year, or maybe he straight up stinks. You don't know. He won't stink. But here's what's going on, okay? I'm in the eighth or ninth round of fantasy drafts right now, and the players at the quarterback that I still see on the board consistently are Jared Goff, believe it or not, Wentz is on the board. You got We just discussed Murray's on the board. Even Russell Wilson's on the board. And you know my favorite quarterback, I'm not holding off on him, as long as his offensive line could hold up, is Jameis Winston. Yeah. Okay, so those guys I just named right now are completely perfect starters for your team, all of them. And they're going literally between 8th round and 10th round. That's where those players, like, are you kidding me? Goff, with those weapons and with that offensive mind, is going that late? He's a beautiful pick in round 9. A beautiful pick. So, again, be disciplined. Load up on your wide receivers. Load up on your running backs. If you could get a top three and a half tight end like we discussed last week, that half being that Evan Ingram is right. that, that, that fourth player, the obvious top three. If you could get your team to have as much depth at those positions and then you take your quarterback. And then what I say, what I do, take another one. Right away. Right. Yeah, yeah. I love to wait, 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 then take two really quality quarterbacks. So if you're going to end up with a Jared Goff and a Jameis Winston on your team, you're going to figure out by week three what you're doing, whether it's based on matchups or just one of those guys propels you know your team to another level. But I want you to have a loaded running back and wide receiver set, and I want you to have two quarterbacks like that. And don't be the guy who takes Aaron Rodgers. Don't be the guy who takes Deshaun Watson. Certainly don't be the guy who takes Matty Ice. Okay? Those are the guys who are going too early for the people who are saying panicking and be like, oh, there's right. a top quarterback on the board. That's the wrong move. Once one of those quarterbacks goes, you know what happens. It doesn't matter what happens. The, the, the run goes, and when the run goes, that's when guys get picked early. Two other quarterbacks real quickly before we get to the other positions. Just because guys that have been top five, top three picks the last couple of years that just kind of aren't there right now, maybe because of the team or whatever, B Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, and Russell Wilson. Okay. What are your thoughts on those two guys? Because – 
when I was in my draft and I saw those two guys still on the board, I was really like, woo, like I was tempted. And I know that I held off, but I was tempted just because those guys always put up pretty good And numbers. they're going so late as well. Right. And you know what? Those two players, you could simply add on to the players that I just mentioned. Yes, they are a little bit more veterans. And, um, you know, they probably have less, you know, Russell Wilson's not running the ball as much. So I always tend to go with a younger type of player, but... Big Ben and Philip Rivers, for example, and you know what? Rivers, let's, another guy. Let's just, add, right. let's just put Drew Brees and Tom Brady okay. there too. Those four players are going to be a okay. I would love for you to got, draft one of those guys, or again, just draft them as your second quarterback. That's how late these quarterbacks are going. I've been in multiple drafts where I'm taking a player like Carson Wentz or Goff in the eighth or ninth rounds, and in the thirteenth round, I'm still able to get Jameis Winston, who I'm still believing is going to be a top five play. And then, you know what, if he's gone, then you could get Phillip Rivers. Oh, what does he do? He just slings it. Right. I mean, these are not bad options. So I love the idea of getting two of these type of quarterbacks, playing matchups, and working on, you know, if you're if one of these guys are playing like the Cincinnati Bengals defense, who I believe is just one of the worst defenses of, of all time, you're going to start that guy, whether it's Goff or Winston. It doesn't matter. You're going to work matchups. So have two very good quarterbacks that you could draft late and you're just going to see your team's going to come together the team when you finish your draft looks so good when you draft those first six seven picks all being running backs wide receivers and maybe a tight end yeah if you can get your hands on one of those top three guys all right let's move positions let's go to running back uh we obviously know the top three or four guys uh the ezekiel elliott situation still going on uh if you get closer to your draft i know we talked about it also i know that your day of consulting when i walked to the house uh, when i walked into your house you were even talking about ezekiel elliott because if he signs today he's worth drafting if he doesn't I have to put him down on my board a little bit. Uh, what's happened in the last week with you when it comes to Ezekiel Elliott before we get to everything Absolutely else? nothing has happened. Um, the guy had the eighth round, eighth pick of the draft, and I said, don't take him there. Uh, fortunately, he went earlier, so it wasn't uh, a problem. But he went third or fourth in my draft also. Yeah. Listen, I think he's going to sign still. I do. But I don't think it's worth the risk right now, especially in a half a point or a full point. PPR league, that's where Zeke gets notched down a little bit. Someone like Alvin Kamara catches all those balls out of the backfield. So someone like Zeke, I do believe, is probably the best true rusher in the league. But he's right now, we are literally a week out, okay? We're right. a week out, and he is not signed. I don't take that risk. I just, it ultimately, it's all about managing certain risks. And as I've been saying, man, I'm the biggest sucker for Josh Gordon. I'd wait a few rounds, take an upside player like him, but in your first three or four picks, you got to get somebody consistent, and you have to have somebody without that's on a field. Of course. That's signed. That can get you points, and that is signed like, by like, this team. Like, right, don't, draft, don't draft Melvin Gordon. Don't do it. That's the other not, guy I was going to come to. Not come worth it. Out, don't right? do it. Don't be the guy who drafts him. It's, it's just, at this point, he, if he does play, it's going to be in the middle of the season. He's going to take a few weeks to come back. Those other players are very good. I like Jackson and Ekelarf just fine. They may prove themselves to be good where when Gordon comes back, he's not that huge bell cow guy. So don't draft Melvin Gordon. Ezekiel Elliott, I'm still making I'm not telling you not to because if you believe he's gonna come back, it's very hard to take a Devontae Adams ahead of Zeke Elliott. I get it. It's sort of hard to press that button, but it's what I recommend. I'm not drafting a guy that's not playing. 
All right, so let me give you the first three running backs, probably, or four if you want to count Elliott as your fourth guy in order. Saquon, Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey, Elliott, in some sort of order, those are your four top guys. Some like Kamara better than McCaffrey, some like McCaffrey better. Saquon's usually the number one overall guy in most leagues that I see so far. I'm accurate on that, correct? It's Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara, okay. period. Okay. Period. Then everybody, the big conundrum, if you would, is what do you do with a fourth pick? Well, that's That it. is it. If, that it's, is the, if it's not Elliott, if it's not Ezekiel Elliott, but I'm, I'm I'm putting in this circumstance Elliot as the four guy. So now we're on to the five. I I look at the five as a logjam of good guys, uh, good players, but all guys that you have to be a little weary of also. The James Connors of the world, who you think is going to be good, and he could be great again this year. Uh, Nick Chubb and uh, Joe Mixon. Those three guys right there, I kind of put in that next category. Le'Veon Bell in there also, and he's got to be up there if he's not five. And I want to add Dalvin Cook to that list. Okay, Okay. Dalvin Cook, that's fine. But Highly recommending Dalvin Cook as an early second round pick. That's why. And, and be honest, after we just saw that run he had in the preseason game last week, he's right back. He doesn't look hurt at all. He should be. And I know you're really high on him last well, year. Well, if also. you were a, uh, you know, we're in South Florida here, and if you were a Canes fan, or if you're a Gators fan, or even if you're a Knowles fan, you saw what that guy could do. Right. He shreds. He just needs to keep on the field. You stay healthy. That's right, it. Right. If he's healthy, that's first round material, hundred percent. Okay, so let's say hypothetically. We're on to the fifth running back right now. Four running backs off the board. You're at five. You're at pick five, maybe even pick six if maybe Hopkins. I'm, I'm at pick four because I'm not taking Zeke. So let's okay. work that out. Okay, so the, all right, so we're at pick four. Right. Zeke's off the board. We're at pick four right now. Who do you take right now? Do you take Le'Veon? Do you take Mixon? Do you take Chubb? Do you take Connor? In those four guys, I want you to rank those four guys for someone out there getting ready for their draft, scared of Ezekiel Elliott. They're on the board now to pick a running back. Mixon's available, Bell's available, Connor's available, Chubb's available, even Dalvin Cook is available at this point too. Where do you go and what order do you go with those guys? I'm taking none of them. I'm going to take What? Yeah, you forgot David Johnson. David Johnson. Yes. Now David Johnson's the guy who's slipping right now. Right. And I got him a 10. If you got burned last year by David Johnson. I did get burned last year. Thank you. You are weary of him, and I get it. But this is a different team. This is a different offense. And if you remember two years ago, David Johnson was arguably, you know, he was a top three pick. No no question. His talent is so real. Yes, we don't know the new offense, but we do know that he's going to catch a lot of balls out of there. He's got great hands. David Johnson, I have, you know, you just put a perfect mix of players together because I love Joe Mixon, I love Le'Veon Bell, and I love Dalvin Cook. So it's a lot of personal preference. Um, I'm a believer in David Johnson. That being said, with all of those players there, I'm considering in that pick, if you want to go in a full PPR league, I am considering in that pick Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins. Sure, sure. Now, I know it's a lot harder to hit that button, as I say, to draft those players when Zeke is out there or if you are trained to have a running back in the first round. because most people are. Most people are. So for me, if you, um, I would would probably take David Johnson right there and I have Le'Veon Bell and Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook just one notch below him. Chain, what about Connor and uh, and Chubb? Where where do they? Chubb is uh, that's a, that talk about trending players. Right, right. I have seen Chubb go as high as fifth overall. Wow. So, yeah, it, that one I'm having a little trouble taking that early because I do believe that when week eight or week nine comes, whatever we, he's, he's suspended eight weeks. Cream Hunt. Right there. He's right there. Healthy. Healthy. Yeah. Fully healthy. Right. And angry. And angry. Very angry. Very angry. Right. He (laughs) wants to prove himself. So for me, do I think the first eight weeks uh, of Nick Chubb could be first round? Maybe back end of the first round. 
I still have them more in the middle of the second into late third because there is that situation. And let's not, you know, beat around the bush. Hunt is a really big star. Well, he's a top five running back when he was at Kansas City, and if he was the starter from day one in Cleveland, he'd be a top five. L- pick let's be draft. real. If this all didn't happen, right? And he was the running back for Kansas City right now. Yeah, where would he be right now? There he you would, go. That's perfect. Uh, yeah, perfect he, scenario. Uh, is he, he is he above David Johnson? He's number four. Okay. Okay. If that was the situation, like I know it's a clear cut right. top four with right. Zeke Elliott top five. Okay. That's how good he is. He was amazing. Right. Uh, Nick Chubb is great, and I don't know what the future holds there, uh, but I do know that if they're a playoff contending team, that coaches are going to make sure that their running backs are ready for the playoffs. So he, they're not going to burn them into the ground. So Nick Chubb, I do like. I think he's going too early. I do. So that's, you know, if you're thinking about him in your first round draft pick, I'm not recommending it. All right. So uh, now that we got those out of the way, what, is there anything else you've seen in the last week running back wise trended? Even if you're into that kind of second or third tier of running backs, has anyone kind of caught your eye of, wow, he's still available or there's people are staying away from him for any reason? Is there anyone out there? Because the one guy I could come to mind right now is we just talked about 10 running backs. Yeah. 10 good running backs, 10 running backs that all could be, yeah, that could be your first 10 picks in a draft. We just named all of them, except for the fact that the number one overall pick from last year we haven't mentioned once, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, it looks like he is like one of these guys that have dropped off the face of the earth. What the bleep has happened with Todd Gurley? What have you seen in the last week since our last pod, since volume 30? Anything happened with Todd Gurley? Like, to me, it's still a mystery because if you're drafting, if you're in a 10 or 12-team league, you get to 10 or 12, and all of a sudden Todd Gurley's sitting there. How do you not take a shot on this guy, but you don't know what the bleep to worry? I mean, you don't even know what about the, it's a scare. It's a weird situation. But for someone at 10, for someone at 11, for someone at 12, for someone at 15, and it's all of a sudden wrapped back around to you, Todd Gurley's sitting there. What the hell do you do there? Oh, it's brutal to answer that question, but I will. I but I will. Okay. Todd Gurley is the, what is that? You know, the wild card, if you would. He has to be. He is, obviously, we all know the talent. He's got an arthritic knee or, you know, what do you want to call it? It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Right. And do I think that they're going to do a good job with him and they're going to monitor him and cap his runs so he is ready for the playoffs? Absolutely. What does that mean fantasy-wise? Less touches. Right. Which is never good for fantasy. Right. The worst. Right. That being said. That guy scores touchdowns in the red zone. That's what he does. That's his business. And they're going to give him the ball in the red zone. He is one of those guys that I will put right after James Conner, but before your Josh Jacobs, Chris Carson, Derrick Henry, Marlon, and Max. So, you know, Joe Mixon before him, Le'Veon Bell before him, James Conner before him. I even have Damian Williams, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah, I really wow. like Damian Williams. It's, it's, also, that system was just ridiculous. Right. But... um, if you start seeing where everyone starts getting scared and you're the guy who has uh, Kamara with a third pick and all of a sudden you're back on your second round draft pick and Gurley's there, there, I take the risk in that situation where I I don't want him to be my number one running back. But he could be your two when you have Kamara and, sitting there, right? And, or McCaffrey. And or don't someone. kid yourself. Gurley could easily finish top five in the fantasy. We don't know. We're not McVay. We don't know what they're doing with him. There's a lot of question marks to him. So I lean towards... I, I would play it like this. If all of a sudden you start seeing players going off the board that are like, wait, wait a minute, what? Why is, uh, you know, why is Devonte Freeman? And don't get me wrong, I, I like Freeman. Why is someone like Fournette um, going before 
girly, that's when I make my move. I'm okay. like, this is if he slips too far, it's ridiculous. Right, right. That so if you if you could get him as your second running back, I like it. Okay, yeah, it was just another guy that I was you know, were thinking about. We're talking about all it's, these. It's running the backs. talk of the town. Like I forgot about David Johnson, and I drafted the guy, and and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, the number one overall guy, basically the last two years. Is just sitting on the board still at That's 14, right. and what the hell do you do there? You take a chance if it's your second guy. Now, if you drafted Devontae Adams with your fourth pick, and now all of a sudden you're wrapping around and Todd Gurley's there, you stay away from Gurley? I would probably stay away from Gurley okay. because then all of a sudden you're looking at a situation. Aaron Jones still sitting there. Carson's still sitting there maybe. One of those guys, you would take them over as your number one guy. As my number one yeah, guy, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right, I mean, I love Chris Carson, and you know, I love Aaron I Jones. So, but those guys are closer to my third round draft pick. So it, it all how is the you know the draft lays out. If someone like Dalvin Cook somehow makes it out there, you then it's a no brainer yes. all okay. day long, baby, all day all right. long. So let's move on to the wide receiver position. Uh, Antonio Brown looks like helmet gate is over with. Looks like he'll be playing from day one. Doesn't look like anything now is in his way of playing. Uh, as of this minute. As of this second. Right now, as we taped this, 20 minutes from now, who knows what's going to end up happening. Um, but we kind of know what the wide receiver looks like at the top. Uh, we've talked about it last week. Again, it's been a week since the last podcast. You've been in a lot of drafts since then. You've consulted since then. Anything come to your mind of, wow, what's happening here with this guy? Uh, before I get to my, of course, nose question for you, but wide receiver-wise, have you seen anything change in the last week? Or are we still status quo? We're overall pretty status quo. Antonio Brown, if he is, and he does look like he's going to play, I, I have him right with the top guys, right with the wide receiver ones. He is a stud still. I have him now ahead of Mike Evans, ahead of Adam Thielen, uh, ahead of Cooper. By the way, that's another play, Amari Cooper, because he's got a little a little plantar in that in that foot. He's slipping a lot. Yeah, he's scary, he's uh, scaring me a little bit. He's, yeah. he's scaring people, he but that, remember, there's a certain point where people get too scared, and then you jump on it. I mean, I see him going in the middle of third, middle fourth round. Like wow. it's some people are because there's that little check, that little injury mark right, on. Right, right. You get uh, scared of that of on course. the CBS of or the course. Yahoo or the yeah. ESPN. You see it. People are just like, I don't, I don't need that. Um, I'm saying Amari Cooper looked darn good when he went to Dallas last year. He did. So don't be too scared because he's playing week one. Um, but overall, you know, I, the Devontae Adams, Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, the Double Jew, Tyreek Hill, Antonio Brown, and Mike Evans. That's your that's core. That's your tier one, guys. That's it. Right, okay. Right, that's it. But, you know, a player like Adam Thielen, if you could get in the middle of the third or late third, man, there's tons of value with that guy. So, um, overall, no, it's been pretty status quo. The one player that takes a monster hit is T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, okay. has to, right? Oh, my God. Jacoby Brissett throwing him the ball instead of Andrew Luck? Yes. Big time, big time. He, he goes down a lot. He drops a couple teams. Now, he's going to have some good games, but there's going to be the games where he goes three catches for 17 yards because he got smothered on a double team because they don't have a good second no, wide receiver. And here we are. Now it's, it's Brissett versus Luck. It's like night and day. Right. So the, 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 the huge tumble is him. Um, that's you know, So overall, you know, there's a lot of good wide receivers. Um, in your first four picks, five picks, though, I really think you need two running backs and three wide receivers. And then if you need some running backs later on in the draft, someone like James White is going so late. He is. He dropped a lot in mine, too. And I'm just going to drop it out there. A huge nose breakout of the year is Sony Michelle. I know wow. that I know they both split a backfield, but right. at the end of last year, they were horsing Michelle. He had 20 plus carries for multiple games, including the playoffs. He looked amazing. 
Uh, if he could stay on the field, I think this is the year where he's going to take a major step forward and be a really great running back, too. Even could slide into a running back one situation. All right, so here's my questions for you. Uh, the L.A. Rams have a high-powered offense. We already know about Todd Gurley and, and what the deal is with him. We know that Goff's a top-flight quarterback. Uh, to, to get on your team the last two years, he's been pretty good when it comes to getting stats. Yeah, I love Goff. I know you do. I know you yeah. love Goff. But the three wide receivers that they have there, it's it's Cooper Cup, right? It's Brandon Cooks. And who am I missing? I'm missing and Robert Woods. And Robert Woods, those three guys, where did they kind of fall in the, because it's like you, you want to take one of those guys because they score a lot of points and they have a monster regular season. Obviously, they got shut down a little bit in the, in the Super Bowl, but that's Brian Flores and the uh, New, New England Patriots. Where do those three guys go tier wise? Wonderful question by you. We have not you you didn't I didn't ask you to say that and you just brought that up. That right. is a unbelievable good question because Cooks. And Woods and Cup are literally all ranked so close to each other. They are. I'm looking at everyone's rankings on the internet, and it's like, okay, I've never seen three receivers on the same team outside of us going back to like the greatest show on turf days or something like that, where or the Colts when Wayne and Marvin Harrison, all those guys are on the same same team together. This close, like, how do you choose one of those three? And you can't obviously put all three on your team, but like, how do you rank those three guys and what you expect from them this season? I'm happy to answer that for you because um, a it's personal preference. One, you know, if you're in a PPR league, Cooper Cup is probably a lot of balls. he's your best bet. If you're in a league that uh, rewards long touchdowns, then Brandon Cooks is one of the best players in the league for that. And then there's Robert Woods, who, if you know me, I've been praising this guy for consistency on every week he's just does the job all the time um where do you take these guys you take them after your stefan diggs julian edelman range then there's the literally the rams receivers that go in with a kenny galladay and chris godwin type they're right after that okay there's the first tier which we discussed which were those top-notch players right then you have your second tier which is thielen keenan allen amari cooper and stefan diggs Julian Edelman. They all three of those guys are in that third wide receiver tier. Um, again, and based on what type of league you have is way how you should draft. Um, for me, I'm I've always been a huge Brandon Cooks fan, and I just believe that he's going to have a monster year. Uh, but you know, for a PPR league, he's going to catch less balls than Cooper Cup. Right. So it depends on your scoring system. I happen to like all three of them a lot. And if you could get them somehow as your third wide receiver, you have done good in your draft. Right. So for me, if you have in your fifth round draft pick, um, and one of those guys are there, and they're one of your top guys, and you already have two running backs and two wide receivers, and you take any one of those three guys as your third wide receiver, if you're able to pull that off in your draft, because you other you yeah. want you're, you're, you're winning you're right winning now, the draft right, yeah. exactly. Okay, so the other uh, wide receiver question I have for you uh, is about a guy that was a top five wide receiver the last couple of years in this league, and now he's injured, and now he plays for a really crappy team in Cincinnati. AJ Green, uh, this is a guy that's going to be out in the beginning of the season, obviously, and we don't know what to expect from him. But where does he kind of fall in here's a good place to take a chance on A.J. Green? Because the last couple of years, you could possibly get him in that first, and not in the first round, but in that second round as one of those top-tier wide receivers. He's fallen off the map. He's injured. He played, Dalton's his quarterback. He plays for Cincinnati. They're going to be looking for a new quarterback at the end of the year because Dalton's not going to stay there. But A.J. Green is a monster when he's healthy, but he's not right now. So what do you do with an A.J. Green right now? He's sitting on the board. You're maybe in that fifth round, maybe even sixth round, 
and he's still kind of sitting there, but you don't know what to expect from him. What do you do? I am not taking him in, but until like the eighth or ninth round. Okay. okay. But I am not afraid to take him. I'm reading he's going to be back around week three as a best case scenario okay. off his injuries. I love to stash players. It is what I love to do. Um, for example, Golden Tate. Everybody, Golden Tate's going like 150, 180 overall right now. When Golden Tate, what he, I don't remember, he had uh, he said pregnancy uh, pills or something that he took, uh, some IVF, something that he right. had to take. Fertility uh, stuff, uh, yeah, exactly. Right. And now that. he's banged for four four games. Right. Come week five, that team is going to be so desperate for him to come back and catch balls. He's going to get a ton of uh, targets, and we don't even know who's going to be the quarterback at that time. That's how. Um, serious maybe this Daniel Jones situation is because if Eli starts off poorly I don't know how this thing's going to go but I do know that um, I like to stash injured players um, if they go far in the draft because here's where I'm taking AJ Green Zach okay when I have my quarterback I have three running backs I have three wide receivers and Maybe a tight end. Okay. okay. And if the AJ Green's still on the board where I say, okay, I'm going to take him. And you not, don't have to worry about him for It's not going to affect weeks. my lineup. Right, right, right. I would love his upside come week four. That's a great player to have stashed away. Sure. Because no matter what you say, if he's healthy, he's still pretty good. Okay. So I would wait until I had my whole team. Lineup is already set. Everything is good to go. Then I take him. And again, I just mentioned it, Golden Tate, in your last few picks, take him. Um, it's just, you know, worst case scenario, drop him week one or something. It's not a big deal. Right, if you like, right. all of a sudden you got hurt, you want to pick up somebody. But that's a type of player that I love to stash. I'm a big fan of stashing talent um, if they're injured or have suspensions like that. All right, tight ends. Uh, we know the top three guys. Uh, it's Kelsey, it's Ertz, it's Kittle. Maybe it's Kelsey, it's Kittle, it's Ertz. Whatever the case may be, Kelsey's one. We get to four. You basically put Evan Ingram in that four spot. Or that by himself, yeah. By himself. He's in his own there. tier. Okay, so after that, five, six, seven, whatever it is. I, we're not going to go into the entire list of guys of tight ends, but right after those first four guys, give me three in order or, or in your order, the nose order, of where you kind of go with them there. Because that is an important uh, position to have. Obviously, if you can get your hands on Kelsey, Ertz, or Kittle, you basically got another wide receiver who's in that position, and you're solid there. I have Kelsey, so of course I'm jumping up and down because I know that I'm going to get from him in that in that Kansas City offense from Mahomes. But you don't get Kelsey, you don't get Ertz, you don't get Kittle, you don't get Ingram. You're now on the board, whatever round it is, six, seven, eight, nine, wherever it is now, and you're looking because you got an empty spot at tight end, and you're only basically going to pick one unless you somehow pick two. I don't know why you would pick two on your team at this point. Where do you go there? Where's five? Where's six? Where's seven? Give me the t- your 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 next top three. My next top three are literally do not draft. That's the funny part. Okay, because if you don't get the top three and a half guys right. after Ingram. Wait. Okay. So if you're the one who's taking, listen, I like Jared Cook and I really like Hunter Henry just plenty. And I like um, David Njoku, who, in my opinion, is going way too early. Um, they love the Baker effect with Njoku. I, totally. I know. Uh, not enough balls to go around, not sold on him completely. You know, I, I, again, I like him, but they're going too early. So if you don't get those guys, wait. The sucker 
move is immediately in the fifth or sixth round taking one of those guys. Well, once a tight end goes in the league, you know what happens. It's the tight end run. You don't get one of the top three. Then all of a sudden, Ingram drops a little bit. Then someone takes Ingram. Then someone gets scared and O.J. Howard's off the board. Then Hunter Henry's off the board. Then someone's worried about this guy and Delaney Walker and Jared Cook and all the other guys there. But the run always starts at a certain point. But you say basically, wait the runoff. Wait. Yeah. Do not take those guys. They're going too early. And the players that I love later on. And take two tight ends with my strategy, okay? Take them. Um, well, the guy that is taking, you know, a lot of people are watching him on the hard knocks is this guy, Darren Waller. Right. He's going to You've be. Already, you mentioned that. In one he's going to be targeted yeah. a lot. I like him. I like him a lot. I think he's going to has an opportunity to rise. And that's what it's all about is getting the player before they do it. He's one of the guys that I really like. Uh, Delaney Walker looks really good. He looks healed. And this guy, if you want a deep sleeper, if we're in a deep league, Hawkinson, Detroit uh, tight end that wow. was picked in the top 10 yeah. by uh, you know University of Iowa. Right. This guy is sneaky good right now. And I have a feeling they're going to really, really give him the ball. Uh, so if you want uh, you know, deep, you know, let's go a little deep. Right, right. We're going a little deep. That's it. So for me, I'm waiting. I'm looking at Vance McDonald, Darren Waller, and Delaney Walker. And after that, um, I'd get one of those three guys. And you can get one of those three guys. Those guys are going rounds 12 through 15. I'm not worried about it. But at the very end of your draft, Hawkinson, that guy has got a potential to catch a lot of balls. He's sneaky good. He's a rookie. They spent their draft pick on him. Right. They're going to utilize him. And... Uh, they're praising him like crazy in Detroit. Only thing that scares me about that guy is that Al Golden's his tight ends coach. I think he's still there in Detroit. I might be way off, but I think he was a tight ends coach there. Only thing that scares me. All right, yikes! We, we don't talk kickers ever, so we're not going to bring that up. Nope. Uh, I just before I don't need your top defenses because that never. I, I don't. I don't even think that is even a real term at this point. What's your just strategy? Your quick strategy before we get out of here on how, what to do with the defense, how to pick a defense, because obviously in my league I saw right away Bears defense, Jacksonville defense off the board. Two people thought they got the steals of the draft. by take, I, I just look at whatever's there is there. I don't even care. As long as you're not picking one of the really bad teams. If you're in a 10 or 12 team league or even 14, you don't need to go to that second tier, third tier, bottom tier of teams. They're right there for you. But how do you – how does the nose tell someone – this is how you draft a defense. Okay, it's pretty simple. If you are a person who is not active, if you're drafting your fantasy team and you're not the type of person because you're too busy with whatever you're doing, and I get it, people have very busy schedules, and if you're not active on the waiver wire, then I would recommend you know drafting one of the top three defenses. Um, again, I, it's not what I do, okay? But if you are somebody, again, who is just not going to be? Who's just going to let their team go? Then uh, the Bears, uh, Jacksonville, and Minnesota are probably the top three defenses. Okay. And sometimes people are so focused on saying I'm not taking a defense in the, to the last two teams that in some leagues those three teams actually uh, would be available in a, an appropriate spot in your draft to grab them rounds 14, 15. Um, if you want to jump up in round 11 or 12 and get the Bears defense because it's there, they're really, really good. But overall, that's not what I do. What I'm going to do is on week one, I'm drafting the Eagles defense. For, excuse me, I'm drafting them for week one because they're at home and they're playing the Redskins. Now, I have said, I'm making a call that the Redskins offense is going to be quite miserable. Case Keenum named uh, starter in Washington. And uh, Trent Williams, 
Right. No. Not playing. Right. Correct. That's a bad offensive line. That's a bad uh, quarterback, and that is a bad. I like actually Darius Geis. We'll tell you, we just throwing it out there as a sleeper. But other than him, I, I hear they're looking to trade Josh Doxson, who was their former first round traffic. They have no one to throw the ball right, to. Right. So this is a bad defense. So I do matchups. So for week one, I'm going fly, Eagles fly. That's who I'm drafting with. And you could draft them with the second to last or last pick. And then you should have yourself a damn good week one right, matchup. Right. And then guess what? After the waiver wires on week two, I'm going to look to see who possibly are, are playing the Redskins or who really looked bad on offense. So every week I'm doing a, a matchup situation. Sometimes if I have the roster space, because if you have a very deep league, I'm actually going to carry two guys and have one for this week and the, next, the next, week. next week and then just keep going on that rotation. So for me, if again, if you're doing, if you're a guy who drafts his team, might set a lineup on Sunday because you're just checking your fantasy team, but you're not making pickups, maybe go ahead and take one of those top-tier guys at, at the defense. It's not what I'm going to do, though. I'm going to do a weekly matchup. I'm going to figure out who the worst offenses are, and I'm going to pick up defenses accordingly. All right, that is the podcast for That's today. It. Uh, it was a good one today. Okay. Draft prep at this point is over. After you hear this, you're probably getting into your final stages of that draft, getting ready for week one. Next week's podcast is going to be fun, folks. We're finally talking about matchups, who to start, who to stay away from, who this, who that. I'm excited. Next week's is going to be good. We made it through the preseason of podcast knows. We did it. Woo-hoo! We did it. All this right. was volume 31, This the Cornbread Maxwell edition. Edition of the Zach and the Nose podcast. Who did you? Oh, it's Kurt Ram. No, you're what you win that one. Okay, okay. Gonna, we're just yeah. going to go with Cedric Maxwell. Yeah, you on this win one. Cornbread Maxwell, Volume Thirty One. Zach and the Nose podcast. Make sure to download, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell everyone. Britney Spears loves us. Not really, but I put her in the uh, tweet every week because I'm hoping for one week for her to just retweet us. Even Christian Ronaldo, I have. She might be also. messed up enough to just do it. That's yeah, what I'm hoping yeah. for. We need the mess up retweet. It's gonna or the like. We need that once. That's it. All right, Volume Thirty One. Zach in the nose. Follow Spencer on uh, Twitter at Spencer Nose N O S E. Any fantasy football questions or any draft prep you might need, uh, you could ask him on Twitter. He's on Twitter all the time. This is Volume Thirty One. We'll speak to you again next. It's Zach and the Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.